Welcome to The Better Life with Dr. Mary Ann Pinkston. Join Dr. Pinkston today as she teaches you how an integrative approach to health, combining holistic and contemporary medical information, can lead you to the better life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Mary Ann Pinkston. Hey, hello, everybody, and welcome to The Better Life with Dr. Pinkston. I am Dr. Mary Ann Pinkston, and so happy to have you aboard today. I am going to go a little bit off my usual path and talk about something that is kind of hitting the news and a bit controversial right now because everybody is, I think, almost traumatized in a way by the events that happened Monday night on Monday Night Football. Now... Let me give you a disclaimer in the beginning, because I am not DeMar Hamlin's doctor. I am not involved in his medical care. I was not on the field that night. I, you know, have absolutely no business trying to make any judgments or, you know, talk about any of the medical care or anything in regarding, you know, his, uh, his the events that happened on Monday night. But because of the response, I think there were so many people. I think ESPN said that that was the largest audience that they have ever had in Monday Night Football history. And because I think it affected so many people very deeply, I feel like I would love to, you know, put my two cents in and give everybody here in San Antonio and on my podcast and YouTube uh, a little bit of an idea of what might have happened. And it is absolutely, truly speculation. I'm also not a cardiologist, but I do, you know, after 30 years of practice, I do have a lot of, you know, uh, background on taking care of cardiac patients. And we are talking about a 24-year-old man who is very, you know, in shape, very healthy. And to watch what happened on the field and try to put a, you know, medical spin on it is uh, is something very interesting. I think everybody is, uh, you know, looking at it for different point of views. So we have the COVID and anti-vaccine community and even the pro-vaccine community, you know, looking at the COVID situation. We have the, uh, you know, point of view from his childhood. Was it something congenital? Was it something that, you know, he grew up with and had from birth and that, you know, it just nothing uh, bad happened to this point. He was very lucky. Maybe it was missed by a medical professional at some point. Or was it the hit? Was it the fact on the field that, you know, uh, there was just a collision that occurred on the chest at the right moment of the heart beating? It's called commodio uh, cortis. And, you know, there's, so there's so many different ways to look at this and to see what happened. So when I, you know, visualized his hit on the, on the field, the things that you have to kind of take into account is that he was the, ta- he was the one doing the tackling. There was a collision together from Higgins and, and Hamlin, but he was the one doing the tackling. So it wasn't a square, hard, like, you know, when you think of targeting or, you know, a heavy hit, there wasn't a square, hard hit to the chest. He also has the uh, padding that football players have to wear, and that padding is designed beautifully. 
And all of these helmets and padding and things that these NFL players wear have been designed for decades through uh, events like this that help to shape and change the way we protect our uh, players and our our sportsmen uh, from these dangers. So it's very high tech, and he was very well protected there. And so, you know, not knowing his history, not knowing if he had ever had COVID, not knowing if he had uh, the vaccine or not, those are details that I don't know and truly are none of my business. But, you know, if you play in the fact that there is also a large amount of people who have had COVID that are developing uh, heart arrhythmias or heart conditions and inflammation of the heart, and developing these arrhythmias or strange and, and unusual uh, beating of the heart, uh, many people are developing that post-COVID. We are finding that this is uh, uh, becoming more common, and we are identifying COVID as the issue. I was not able to find too much in a way of science on the vaccine causing any arrhythmias and that the vaccine has been blamed, the anti-vaccine community has been very strong to try to come out immediately with a statement about this, but I don't think we even know if he had a vaccine. So I really want to stay away from that because I do not see the science behind it. And everything has to make sense to me. Everything has to be very scientific based. So I don't see it, but I do see an incredible amount of science on COVID. So those who have had COVID, and I'm going to include myself in this, I developed COVID and uh, you know, about two or three weeks after I developed COVID, it was the first time in three years that I had had it, and I developed COVID. About three weeks later, my Apple Watch caught a strange heartbeat or something unusual going on with me, and then I started to feel badly, and I developed atrial fibrillation. So atrial fibrillation comes from somewhere at the top of the heart, And the electricity that goes through the heart gets disrupted, sends an error signal, and the heart begins to be quickly and very irregular. The swirling of the blood in this irregular heartbeat can develop little clots. These clots can then go to the brain and cause stroke, or somebody can have myocardial infarction or cardiac arrest from it. And so it's a very dangerous condition. It's usually usually due to people who have had high blood pressure there, you know, for a long period of time, maybe decades, maybe untreated, and other you know situations. But atrial fibrillation is something that usually develops in older people. So for somebody like me, very young, I don't have high blood pressure problems. I'm very healthy. Lost a lot of weight years ago, and and uh, work out very often. So to be very healthy and to develop an arrhythmia like this was very, very frightening to me, very unusual and very unheard of. So when you look at somebody like DeMar Hamlin, who developed, you know, uh, maybe an arrhythmia, that's that's what I'm curious as to uh, what might have happened. Again, I'm speculating. If he developed an arrhythmia, then it comes and it goes. It can start and it stops. He may not have felt it at all over maybe the last several months or year. And then it could have occurred when he was being very strenuous and tackling this gentleman. And I think that could have caused a disruption and he could have had uh, a cardiac arrest from that. 
I also want to define the difference between myocardial infarction and cardiac arrest. Cardiac arrest is when some disruption to the heart develops and the heart stops beating. Myocardial infarction is a buildup of cholesterol or cholesterol plaque in the arteries. A piece breaks off, goes down the artery system to a smaller artery, clogs that artery, and the blood flow is disrupted to the heart. Therefore, the heart may die from that or develop damage. Those are two completely different things. What happened to Hamlin is that he had cardiac arrest. So it was either from a disruption in the blood flow or the electricity going through his heart or, you know, some other uh, issue. But they have, you know, since I've I've read this morning to try to update myself uh, before I did the show, I think they are trying to um, discuss that maybe it was the Commodia cordis that he had a specific correct hit to the heart that disrupted the electricity and caused the heart to stop. If you look at the hundreds of thousands of players that are out there from, you know, peewee to you know elementary, middle school, to all the YMCA's, to high school, to college, to NFL, there are hundreds of thousands of players out there who are experiencing hits every day. And it only occurs about 10 to 20 a year. This is exceedingly rare. How many times have we witnessed in the, uh, you know, in the NFL, somebody or college football, somebody dying of cardiac arrest suddenly on the field after a hit? We just don't see it. So as I was taught in medical school, common things occur commonly. And it is not common to have that condition uh, occur with you or is, you know, the gentleman, he was the, I guess, the aggressor, so to speak. He was doing the tackling. Uh, so the force was different. There was no huge force on the chest with all of those pads. I just failed to see where that could be the issue. Now, when it comes to myocarditis, this is another cause of uh, this, you know, potential arrhythmia or what can happen in the heart and the heart doesn't beat well. And then, you know, somebody can uh, experience um, a heart attack from that. The myocarditis comes from a lot of different viral illnesses. It can come from medications. There's a lot of things that can cause inflammation in the body and can cause inflammation in that area of the heart that controls the heartbeat. And so it may not have even been COVID, but COVID is a virus. It could have been another virus. He could have had the flu. He could have had any sort of, of virus. He could have cold sores and, and uh, uh, you know, that is the herpes virus. And so there's many different types of, of viruses that occur in the body that can cause that kind of damage to the heart. We can't see it. It's not something you can do a CT scan on or an echo or a catheterization. It's not something you can see. The only way you know it's there is that the heart starts beating erratically. And sometimes we can't find it. Sometimes we don't feel it. We don't know it's occurring. And again, the only way that I was able to know that it occurred with me was my Apple Watch went off. So now we've got greater technology that can pick up on these things, and that is wonderful. These are things uh, I'll talk about technology in, in the future and how it's affecting us. But, you know, thank goodness for something like that. And maybe that, and, and I feel that is probably what happened to Hamlin on the field. 
Um, and two, the other issue with the commodio cordis is once you receive that hit and the electricity gets disrupted, generally it's very fast. So I fail to see where he could have stood up first, looked normal, and then succumb and fall to the ground. So, again, I am speculating, and I don't want uh, people to think that, uh, I, you know, that I know what happened in any way because I don't. But I think because it affected so many people uh, very deeply. I mean, you looked at the commentators, looked at the men on the field as teammates, the other, you know, teammates. I felt it. You know, there are people out there who have watched their uncles or aunts or cousins or somebody drop drop on a on a court somewhere. And it's very traumatizing, and I think that this has greatly affected our, our nation this way. On that note, the NFL, I know, is going to have to address all of the concerns of trying to keep players safe. And I think we need to be cautious. We tend to retract very aggressively when something like this happens and try to change, you know, the fate of so many that we may not, you know, have entire control of. We can thicken up the pads. We can change the rules about how hard the hit is and how you tackle and, you know, make all these changes. And the things that we really don't understand is that accidents happen and there's nothing you can do to prevent all accidents. What I read and as I studied all of this, the NFL and what people don't understand, the NFL has a system in place where the entire medical team, the EMTs and all the personnel on the sideline, the coaches, everybody meets an hour before the game begins while, you know, everybody is getting their popcorn, their sodas and their beer and going to their seats. These teams are meeting for one hour before for an hour to understand the concepts of what would happen and what they should do if if an accident like this occurs they you know point out where the AEDs are the defibrillators or where the ambulance is going to come from who's going to make the call who goes to the field they do this before every single game and i applaud the NFL on this because that planning is exactly what saved uh, Hamlin's life. Those people who ran out to the field and, you know, had their plan in place, they knew what to do and they did it and they saved this man's life. And that, my friends, was poetry in motion. I am absolutely, I think they are heroes. And I think we haven't talked enough about how the NFL does put this planning into place. And I applaud all of them for getting this done. They did save this man's life. So the, you know, the planning that goes into it and, and all, there are things that we just don't know, don't see, don't understand, we're not told that do occur to keep these, uh, you know, these guys safe for what they do and, and how they take, um, you know, um, how they put their lives at stake to do what they do. And they're not just there to get paid. They are there to live their dream. And they're there to provide for us to and entertain. And we love it. I'm a big football fan and I admire these guys for what they do and uh, for the chances that they take. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about it on the other side. I'm going to take a really quick break, but I do want to mention my fantastic sponsor, Harbor Hospice, who has uh, begun with me this year, but I have been working with Harbor Hospice for a very long time as a physician in my clinic. And Anna, who owns the uh, hospice, and uh, Greg, who is the representative, and so many other people there are absolutely doing hospice care and medical care for the 
right reasons. This is a great team, just like the NFL is a great team. So if you know, hospice is something that many people don't understand and don't know about. So uh, we're hoping to this year elevate the uh, knowledge and status of hospice so that people do understand that they can get fantastic care at home. I do want to give you a number in case you already know and would like to reach out to these guys is 210-403-9911. And it is harborhospice.com, but it's not spelled like you think. It's H-A-R-B-O-U-R hospice.com. So please feel free to reach out for uh, these guys to at least come explain what hospice care is. Just because somebody comes and talks to you about it doesn't mean you have to do it. And uh, they are absolutely fantastic people. I trust them with my patients very, very much. So uh, I also want to let you guys know that not only am I on San Antonio radio, but I also have a podcast. And uh, I'm on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all of the podcast platforms. So if you will go to drpbetterlife.com, you can find all of the links to all of my media where and all the platforms where you can find me. You can also find out information about me and where I practice. I am here in San Antonio. I do practice in my own practice. Uh, I do take some insurance. I also see some cash pay patients for kind of more uh, lengthy, integrative, more difficult patients. And I'm also doing a weight loss program this year and uh, being uh, making available to you the uh, new weight loss shots that have actually, not, they're not new. They've been around for a very long time and recently did a show on, but I am providing that as well. You can find me at drpbetterlife.com. And again, thank you to Harbor Hospice. We'll see you on the other side. Forget what you think you understand about hospice. Harper Hospice in San Antonio is different and special. Hospice care is a place where a patient and their families weary from disease and frightened by their prognosis can find respite. Statistics show 90% of people would prefer to get care at home rather than in an impersonal institution. Harper Hospice comes to you, providing quality care where you live. At Harper Hospice, you, your family, and your primary physician are making the decisions and leading the care. For medical care to be successful, it needs to be personal, and it's the same for hospice care. Harbor Hospice is a locally owned hospice that focuses on personal care for their patients. If you're thinking about hospice, call Harbor Hospice at 210-403-9911. Harbor Hospice can show you how they can help your family in ways you didn't know possible. Harbor Hospice, 210-403-9911, or at harborhospice.com. That's H-A-R-B-O-U-R, hospice.com. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Marianne Pinkston with Better Life with Dr. Pinkston talking about a little bit of a controversial topic uh, that occurred on Monday night when Buffalo Bills player uh, DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field in cardiac arrest and was promptly resuscitated by a a very uh, tremendous group of people who had plans in mind and uh, took uh, uh, resuscitated him and he made it to the hospital and is now recovering. It looks like he's going to be okay and I pray so absolutely for all of his teammates and uh, his family and for him especially. 
<clears throat> I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the condition of Commodio Cordis and the sudden death that occurs in athletes because the NFLs in, in college level two are very sophisticated in their ability to handle a situation like this. They have all the knowledge. They have all the equipment. They have all the specialists out there who can take care, identify quickly and take care of the situation. There are a lot of people, though, from, you know, kind of the high school level down uh, and on the personal level. So let's say you are out with a family member, you know, playing football, playing basketball, and suddenly one of your family members succumbs to some sort of condition that would cause something like this. Many people do not know what to do. So I wanted to educate you a little bit on what you can do to arm yourself against this. First of all, if you know that a family member has some sort of heart condition, anything, you know, they're on any medication, maybe they just have high blood pressure, maybe they have high cholesterol, you know, look into your family history. Did anybody in the past have sudden death like this? Did they die from heart attacks or strokes? These are things that are good for you to look into and to know. The other thing is we usually, when you are a medical professional and you are hired by a a company somewhere, uh, in many different situations, we have to go through CPR training. And so we can identify somebody and, you know, give them the appropriate care until somebody like 911 arrives. But many people are not trained as such and not required to be trained on that. They can't identify what is occurring at the time. Did they just pass out and fall? Do you just fan them a little bit and hope they wake up? Or do you identify, do they have a pulse? Are they breathing? You know, if you know that somebody in your family has a heart condition, you should consider CPR training. It's very, very easy and inexpensive these days. There are some that are actually just online even. So I'll put something like that up on my website this weekend at drpbetterlife.com. And that way, and it'll be local to San Antonio. I'm sure there's some national, um, you know, some companies similar nationally. But I'll put that information up because I really think those few minutes that you spend to be able to recognize that you could be at a mall and somebody, you know, uh, uh, you know, collapses suddenly. And it would be wonderful if you would be able to help somebody in need at that time. It is the fact that uh, DeMar Hamlin was identified, his situation was identified so quickly, and that they took action so quickly that he is still alive. We'll have to see what, uh, you know, what happens after he is um, extubated and, and awake. And I feel like he'll do very, very well because the attention came to him so quickly. So the, you know, the the CPR training, the, you know, being able to identify, knowing your family history, knowing your family's personal history, talking about it with your family, you know, doing something similar to what the NFL does, you know, making a plan. What if something happens? You know, keeping equipment around and, you know, you can talk to your doctor about what should I do, you know, if something like this happens. It, it, is my dad or my mom susceptible to this? Am I susceptible, you know, to this? And I think that those are ways that you can arm yourself against a situation like this. A lot of times, many athletes, uh, you know, can drop dead on a basketball court, for, per se, or, or on um, the, you know, the field somewhere. And most of the time, it is because they have 
a, a, a congenital defect in their heart that they were born with. But we are very good as physicians at finding these defects before they start play. You have to have your physical, you know, before you can uh, start track or football at school, things like that. So we're getting better at identifying these issues. But the young people who tend to, you know, collapse on a court somewhere generally have that congenital uh, uh, malformation. Now we have to be a lot more aware because we did have a pandemic of a viral illness that is still out there that can cause these changes to the heart tissue. So if you've had COVID and you know you have an underlying high-risk condition like high blood pressure, cholesterol, or any you know sort of a congestive heart failure, I'm leaving a few out, you know, having a device like an Apple Watch or a Fitbit or something like that, you know, there's plenty of technology out there that really doesn't cost a lot of money. So having something like that with you is good. Getting educated. So truly, I think it's all about awareness and prevention. Again, sometimes accidents happen. There are things that we will never, ever be able to control. Thank God this situation is exceedingly rare. And thank God the NFL did uh, have this plan in place, did respond appropriately. And I think we saw the best of what can happen with preparedness and prevention. So they were a great example. Um, so heart topic, this is such a huge topic. There's no way to get uh, it all in within the, hour, within the 25 minutes that I have. But I hope that you've learned something. I hope this helps you and your family somehow. And uh, we definitely are all praying for DeMar Hamlin and uh, watching very closely and uh, awaiting his grand return. Um, you can find all of my information at drpbetterlife.com. That is the website where you can find all of the links to all the social media, all of the platforms for the uh, you know, podcasts and YouTube, and uh, more information about the radio show. Also more information about my sponsors. I do uh, work with Store Biosciences, a CBD company. I also work with Harbor Hospice, and uh, I thank them for uh, supporting me this year. I hope you guys have a fantastic new year. Go look back through all my shows. I've got a lot of great topics there that I've talked about over 80 shows now, year and a half. Very proud of it. So, guys, thank you. Have a happy new year. We'll see you soon. You've been enjoying The Better Life with Dr. Marianne Pinkston. For more information, go to drpthebetterlife.com. That's drpthebetterlife.com. And listen next week for The Better Life with Dr. Pinkston. 